welcome to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast, where we talk about all things Star Wars. My name is James. I'm Joseph. And I'm relieved. <laughs> <laughs> and Chicago, we're in Chicago still. Coming and, to you live from the Windy City. And it's a little sad because it was the last day. Like, celebration is officially done. Yeah. Now that it's over, how do y'all feel? We'll start with Joseph. Joseph, this was your first celebration. Yeah. So, so you're, you're the viewer, like, doing this for the first time. How, um, how was it? I feel awesome. Uh, other than the fact that I'm I'm ready to go home, yeah. <laughs> um, I I don't know what the real world is like anymore. It, it's it's been crazy being surrounded by some of the most um, eccentric fans on the yeah, face of the that's earth. A, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know the cos. I'm gonna miss walking around seeing like 20 Ahsoka Tanos yes. <laughs> walking, walking next to me and stormtroopers everywhere you look and an em- like three emperors for no reason mm-hmm. and Muppets dressed as stormtroopers and shout out to y'all that was pretty cool and uh, yeah. a X-wing fighter dressed like Mickey Mouse and you know just <laughs> the craziest stuff that you like your brain couldn't even come up with everywhere. Um, and the other thing I'm going to really miss is like every other day, just having my mind blown by a new trailer or a conversation that I listened to with Dave Filoni <laughs> or hey, you saw Filoni a few times. Uh, I saw him twice. Um, saw him twice. Okay. I saw him twice and he was on the Mando Mando yeah. panel. Uh, he didn't wind up at the resistance. Uh, really? Panel, okay. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Which okay. will come up later. <laughs> so how do you feel now that it's, it's all over? Like I said, I feel relieved. Um, I was worried that we weren't going to get the episode nine panel, but that worked out tremendously well. We got our whole group in there, and we had really close seats, even better than most of the media, I thought. Yeah, we had amazing seats. And we were right under the speakers, and when the bass dropped, when the lightsaber was ignited, oh my gosh. just <laughs> I felt uh, it. I it was felt so it, great. Great experience. And yeah, just echoing what Joseph said, I mean, for me, personally, it's running into all the people that I see and listen to on the internet. All the podcasts, mm-hmm. all the YouTube videos, the reaction videos, and it's my third celebration. And my first celebration, I met a lot of these people, and I'm I'm continuing to go up to them and talk to them. And then all the new friends and the new podcasts that mm-hmm. we encountered and... Finding out that yeah, some of them do listen to us, and it's and kind that of was interesting. Wild. Yeah, the, that was the wild. fact that we talk to people that listen to us have a conversation about Star Wars once a week is insane. It it makes me feel a little bit less like we're screaming into the void, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's also like everyone that we talked to that listens was ridiculously nice. Like, yeah, very very true. Everybody was super positive. I mean, not just toward us. I mean, like the whole vibe. Right. Of celebration. How do, you, super, super. how do you feel coming out of it, James? Uh, relieved, but also, <laughs> but not because we did it, but also because it's like, all right, I had a great time, but I do miss my wife, you know? Yeah. yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And, and I, and I do want to go home. Uh, like today, walking on the floor a little bit, I was like, all right, um, I think I've, I've, I peaked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, other than that, though, I'm, I'm really happy that I was here. Yeah. I'm really happy to know. That I was in the room when the episode nine trailer dropped, right? Because for me, that that trailer changed Star Wars. Yeah, for and it's the ultimate. It's yeah, and I was there. I was in there. There's a video of me on YouTube screaming like a madman, <laughs> watching it. Um, 
so and then plus like like you said joseph it's just to just to walk around each day and just look at the costumes and what what i love more than the costumes were the people who like i know they did it on purpose where like they would put like one piece of clothing on and like that's their their costume and it's like yeah. that's that's amazing i love that you know um one dude was there as the dude from the big lebowski yeah but a jedi dude yeah he it was <laughs> it was amazing he was a super cool guy yeah. and um i think the the cosplay that we saw today with the uh it was an anakin skywalker walking around with a clear pan <laughs> a clear plastic panel and on it was written the lies of the Jedi. And he was oh. like, I see through the lies of the Jedi. I was like, dude, that was it's amazing. Cl- it's clever and something I would have never thought to do. Or the guy dressed as old Luke Skywalker. Yeah, that was who just good threw one. like a like a sheer cloth over his body. And in pictures he looks like a freaking force ghost. Like what are you? What? Who are you? How did you think about that? Yeah, the lies. Of, I see through the lies of the Jedi. That got me because I was like, no one else thought about yeah. that. You, dude, you thought about. If you go on our YouTube channel for this video today, you'll. See, I got. I get a video. Of oh, him good, I, good, I, good. I, I couldn't stop laughing at him. Um, so today, we we did a lot of running around uh, today because we had to leave where we were staying to come to our hotel. Then we drove back to McCormick Place. And we watched the episode one panel today, which I was really looking forward to. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, how did y'all feel about the panel? Um, I mean, it was pretty much what I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I wasn't expecting there to be as much behind the scenes stuff, which I, I yeah. really loved. It was fantastic listening to, um, I'm not going to remember any of their names, but... Doug Chang and John Knoll and uh, Matthew Wood. And the lady who was super awesome as well. She was amazing. I feel so bad. I can't remember. It's not because she's a. It's just, it's because I guess she's like one of the unsung heroes of Emma's, right. Because they started showing the stuff. That I want to say was, her name was like Leslie. I don't. They started showing the pictures of the stuff that she had done, and I was like, "Holy smokes!" I was like, what? Yeah, she worked on Sebulba. Yeah, yeah. And, and she, she created Sebulba. She created. Uh, who else did she create? Watto. Yeah, and it's just like, dude, your talent. Yeah, the I, amount of talent you have could fill. I thought Doug Chang created. Well, no, no. Um, she animated him okay. finally. Like, yeah, she, that was that was what she said. Was Doug Chang gave her all this amazing stuff to go off like of concept it. stuff, and then yeah. she had to then interpret it and try to make it come to life. And she's actually one of the longest tenured female employees at Lucasfilm, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, well, and the other crazy stuff to me from that panel was how they how Doug Chang talked about, you know the look of episode one, two, and three was mm-hmm. set in the twenties and the thirties. Yeah. Whereas the loot, the loot, the Luke, the look of four, go. five, and six was set in the seventies and eighties, mm-hmm. like contemporary America style where they took inspiration from those things. It was just stuff that I would have never thought about before where it's just like, yeah, that does kind of look like a Dick Tracy comic or I, I feel <laughs> you bad. Know? I feel bad because at his panel, he covered all of that and we forgot to talk about it yesterday during our podcast. But Doug Chang talked about all of the. Um, well, now I don't feel bad for skipping that panel. And uh, <laughs> but one thing he did do was he showed us like pictures. He said, "Here's a picture of a train from like the 19 you know 50s and you know, mm-hmm. 30s, and how sleek it looked, and right. how like." And he goes, "And now look at a train today, and look how kind of rugged it looks. Yeah, it's and, more industrialized." And, and that's when I saw that picture, it hit me. I was like, "That's what they did with Episode One, right. which is freaking amazing." Which is why the Naboo Star, especially the Naboo Starfighter, yeah, it's just, just so sleek and it's gorgeous, man. And they and they created an evolution for Star Wars. Like he had to start, he had to think about this evolution of how things would go from point A to point to what we know. Yeah, so he, he worked he worked retroactively, yeah, which, which is. That's not, not the way, the way your brain it, yeah. works. You're <laughs> supposed to think forward. 
And he had the challenge of thinking forward and backwards at the same time. Yeah. He had to think of a way to start. He had to think of a place to start and then for it to finish where it does in episodes. Because at that point, episode six was, was all we had. Right. Um, I didn't know he... Okay, I'm dumb. Agreed. I didn't know he was vice president of Lucasfilm. Yeah, that's what I told you. And you're like, no, 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 he's vice president of... I thought, we don't I thought, listen when you talk, David. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, no, because because I'd always heard, I always saw like VP, and I never, I guess I never saw the comma there because it it said like head of like uh, art department, right? You know, and I would always like, yeah, he's the head of the art department. He's like the vice president of the. No, he is the vice president of Lucasfilm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. dude. <laughs> dude, whoa, that's awesome. Um, a cute story. A girl met him, and she says she cried after. Yeah, and it was funny. So it was it, before the panel. Yeah, no, no, it was, no, during, it was during, that was for the, the closing, closing ceremony, scene. right? Uh, this one of the hosts that had been hosting all week was interviewing a mom and her daughter, and they said mm-hmm. within the first hour of arriving at celebration, she had met Doug Chang, and immediately after meeting, she couldn't think of anything to talk to him about, and as soon as he walked away, she just broke down in tears. What's amazing is you know she must have been this girl must have been about maybe ten. I think she was thirteen. Is she was thirteen? Said, okay, if I remember 13, correctly. Sorry. She knows who Doug Chang is. You know what I mean? Like she knew who he well, was. Well, she was an artist. She was... I know. I know she was an artist, but I'm just saying. Like yeah, when the, I was 13, I didn't even. I could tell you all four of the Ninja Turtles. Like <laughs> I know, but it, for 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 a lot of people, Doug Chang, like you, a lot. Some people, the people, the, the hardcore hardcore fans know him, right? And so the fact when she said that, I was like, that is a hardcore fan. Like she's gonna end up becoming. She's gonna work for Lucas. She's gonna work for Lucasfilm in definitely. the art department. Um, what's what's really amazing? You said uh, Joseph was it, you're surprised that they concentrated so much on the making of Episode One. I wasn't surprised. I, like I was surprised, but it was like a very pleasant surprise. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna get to is that Episode One. I, I feel they need to make a movie about when they made Episode One, like a Heart of Darkness kind of. Yeah, be, because <laughs> that because that was I don't know if it's the most impossible film ever made, but it's one of those films that they had no idea. How, how how they were going to operate? And yeah. John Noel even said that during the meetings they would have with George Lucas, uh, George Lucas would be talking and he would write down, "Okay, I don't know how we're going to do that. We no one knows how to do this." Well, and the <laughs> other thing is like the storyboard for Episode One was what was it like thirty five hundred panels or no, something? No, it was like? it was three hundred. It was like three hundred and fifty thousand individual individual panels. Uh, shots of, for the film, which um, is. Insane. And George Lucas went through with a with a with a highlighter. What was it? A, was it pink and yellow highlighter? Pink and yellow, like, yeah. highlighters. And he was like, "Okay, this is y'all. This is real. This is this is miniature. This is y'all." And there was one. I remember. And it's in the beginning uh, documentary. Yeah, and he messes up. He's over there. He's like this. Ooh, this one's gonna be tricky. And it was like, "Jeez!" And and what's funny is it cuts to the faces of the three uh, ILM guys, and they're just like, like they're, they all have wide eyes because they're like, "Oh my!" Like. And what's so crazy is George Lucas was so confident in them right. that they were going to achieve this insane goal. Well, and it was funny. So at the end of the panel, George Lucas had like a um, thank you for coming video yeah. that he had put together. And he was like, he was like to the team that, that did the the creative part of this, I literally asked the impossible and you pulled it off. Because yeah. <laughs> in 1999... All of this technology didn't exist yet. Well, I mean, it wasn't even ninety nine. It was like ninety. Oh, ninety six. I think is when it was. Well, ninety-four, He said he was doing it. Right. So it took them five years to get to the finish line. So between all of that, man, they were. Well, I mean, they were creating new technologies. They were. It's and, insane. And Episode it's crazy, one's insane. And it's crazy to think, like, even it's from seventy seven to ninety nine. George Lucas 
again said, okay, we're going to push – everyone makes movies like this. We're going to make movies now like this. He's, yeah. He did it again yeah. years later. I mean – But this time he had the means though. He had the means. Yeah, true. He did and have – And he had all the credibility and anyone and everyone that worked for him was going to do whatever he said. No, you know, you know what he had? Or who he had? He had, <laughs> <laughs> he had the greatest yes man in the history of producers. I mean, McCall, Rick McCollum was just that guy. Like, it's insane to know that he produced all those movies by himself. By yeah, the way. I don't know if you noticed that he produced all three prequels by himself. Yeah, and he made sure George had everything yeah. he needed. Yeah. I was hoping he'd be there today. Yeah, going back to what you just talked about. Yeah, I go mean, for it. I don't know if it's an age thing or an experience thing, but I have the same mindset as George Lucas. If I want to do something and it's never been done before, I mean, I'm just going to do it. I mean, just like the Nike slogan, just do it. I mean, it's really that simple. It's not... I encounter that every day at my day job. I have no idea what something is. I figure it out. I mean, just look it up. Just work at it. And and that that's 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 the mindset he had, and I'd really love to understand his mentality and his psyche behind it, because was it that his mind was okay? Well, this is this has never been done. I'm just gonna push him. I don't know if they can do it, but I'm just gonna say let's do it. Or was it I have confidence we can do it if we just if I if I just tell them what to do, be stern. Because when he started ILM. They had been working for months, I believe, and only three shots were usable when yeah. he got back from Africa on episode one. And, and, and he, he had to, he had to be there and supervise and be the taskmaster with the whip and be like, <laughs> y'all need to do this stuff right now. I, I'm suffering heart attacks here. I'm, yeah. I'm, going, I'm going to the hospital and I'm prescribed to get rest and I don't have time for that. So, I mean, anything in life, I think, just... If you want to pursue something, if you have a dream, go at it 100% and and just do it. Just get it done. I mean, and that's what that's what I really admire about him. And when I was at the 40th panel, he explained that. He said, I mean, he he said we're going to do it. I mean, he, the same thing with Dave Filoni. Filoni was like, "Well, that's never been done before in animation." Yeah. Uh, with this and and even with our little budget and George Lucas was like, "Well, that's what I want you to do," and they did it. Yeah, true. Each. I mean, it's yeah. it's incredible what human beings can do if they just simply put their minds to it and just do it. Don't think about what could possibly happen. Don't think about the impossible. Just do it, and you'll surprise yourself. And I think that's that's part of the genius of George Lucas. Yeah, I guess that was the the reason the episode one was just such a success and the story behind it was just insane yeah um but of course he had john knoll who's a genius already invented photoshop with his brother yeah so he had the talent and he had phil tippett and he had ben burt editing he had veterans yeah so But, but yeah it's 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 wonderful that he pushes the technology and he he even said in the video did anyone record the video that he did? No, I was too okay. busy shocked. That well, he... he talked about how part of episode one was digital and the rest, rest of it was right. on film. And, and that's true, yeah. And, and he was talking about how they were one of the first yeah. to do it that way. 
Yeah. Yeah, they were doing... That's why I said, I think a movie about the making of Episode 1 would be an incredible, like, inspirational right. film to see. Because I don't think a lot of people respect the filmmaking process of Episode 1. Right. Because of everything they did new. Now, you watch the pod racing, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's all digital. But then you're like, dude, but... Some of that, like some, a lot of that stuff was miniature, yeah. And they, and they d- digitally added in these pod racers, and that's something they touched on on episode one panel. They said there was a lot of miniatures. There was a ton of miniatures, well, and they made miniatures of most of the pods as well, just mm-hmm. just to have them. Yep. And, and the, the the fact that that scene gets cut together, and we're talking about it twenty years later in twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. and honestly, that scene is one of the ones that visually stands out to me. It's it's so realistic looking even in 29 even 20 years later after all of that's been used yes regularly by like low budget movies at this point you know in 1999 that was expensive and nobody had ever seen it before but you know yeah some of the shots insane. some of the shots in the pod racing look look real to this day yeah some of them yeah you can be like okay but some of them i'm like how did they even attempt to do that oh mm-hmm. funny thing about doug chang he said um Whenever they designed the fight, the lightsaber fight with Qui Gon, Obi Wan, and Darth Maul, you know George Lucas had an idea of how he wanted it to look, which is why it goes from the hangar to this and then to right. that, and to it goes from really, really kind of this to really, really, really big, and then it just goes super sh- tiny. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was like, okay, the reason we never really point the camera down when they're in the big room, uh-huh. he goes, because I didn't know how to design the floor, so we never, <laughs> we kind of just uh, didn't didn't show the floor. With that, I interesting, that was pretty funny. Doug Chang said he didn't know how to des- design the floor. Yeah, he didn't know. He didn't know like how far down it went and what was like below. What was at the bottom yeah. of that pit? Not the not the pit. Well, the, I mean uh, the the thing with all the beams, yeah, the beams was still it, technically yeah. a pit of some variety. Yeah, he he said he didn't. He had no idea. Like it must have been when I stepped out to yeah. go to the restroom because I went to go to the restroom and I encountered one of the guys with the lantern full of pins, mm-hmm. and I had just bought pins. And he had some Obi Wan, some Yodas. So nice. I wanted to get one. So when I went back, I just went back to my seat. But we sat all the way up in the front too. Yeah, we were. That was really cool. I was super close to Doug Chang. It was pretty amazing. What yeah. I'm telling you guys, like this whole celebration, David has been running around like a man possessed. Like, yeah, man, you've been like, driving. I don't to be even, possessed. You've been driving us crazy with a little <laughs> bit of what you were what you were doing and how you're like. I'm gonna go in if they stop me. It's, what are they gonna do? They gotta tackle the me. Spirit of the work of George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. I mean, like I told you, some rules just like the Matrix. Some rules can be bent. Some rules can be broken. And I mean, you have to. You you can't you can't be a wallflower. You you got to step up. And once once the episode nine panel ended, I went straight to the stage. To go talk to DJ, DJ Elliot, and yeah, he gave me cool. swag, and we, was cool. we got to thank him in person and get a picture and tell him, "Hey, we're the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. We're the ones that contacted you to use your remixes." He and lives. He lives in. He lives north of us, where we live in Texas. No, he, he lives doesn't. in Orlando. Yeah, he lives. He's in Orlando. from he's north. From, of us. Oh, he's from. Oh, sorry, he's, he's a Texas from, boy. But Texas he lives boy. in Florida That's now, right. and he's constantly traveling to all the different events that yeah. Disney has him do. He's awesome. Yeah, um, him and Mark Andrew. I, the Mark Daniels. Mark Daniels, sorry. Yeah. Uh no, Mark Daniels is the guy that did Boy Meets World. Mark Daniel is the guy who did the between the panel <laughs> stuff. Um <laughs> I yeah, I'm hundred percent positive I just followed him on Twitter. Um but they did the Lord's work between the panels, man. They were entertaining the crowd, they're keeping people hyped for every little event that was coming up, man. What was so funny because we talked to DJ Elliot after the episode nine panel 
and he was like, he goes, yeah, he hadn't eaten. I think he said, yeah, yeah he has not eaten yet. He was like, yeah, uh, they told me they were letting y'all in like two hours early. And I was yeah. Like, he was like, like oh, I don't know if I got two hours of material. So he, he just went, he was up there just, just, they were just going free, like yeah. just seeing what they could do. My, I thought f- that- my favorite bit that they did, and they, they did this joke a couple of times, but I loved it every single time is whenever there'd be like a small child versus an adult <laughs> in event, yeah. he'd be like, Hey, Hey, if you, if you don't let this little girl win, you're a real a-hole. You're an a-hole. <laughs> And then the okay yeah that was really great they were amazing um what I guess what you call it, MCs you know master yeah. of ceremony because they were they they, they did they kept us hyped like I yeah. was never like okay guys uh, I'm tired no I was always like all right let's see what, let's see what the they next played thing I'm they do. played music that would keep you going they mm-hmm. would they did games they did events like and we found some really cool those guys music. and then Ozzy Dave and oh, what was her girl name? she was so exciting too yeah they both both of those people, the MCs that brought the, the whole event to life mm-hmm. that kept things going between panels. Like, and then a uh, level up Leroy was in the, the hall yeah, and he was dropping beats all day. And I met him. I uh, walked yesterday. by him. I, I fist bumped him at one point. The day. I walked by him and, uh, he was playing Wonder Boy by Tenacious D, and I was singing along, and he was singing along. And we we made eye contact. He's like, "Yeah, dude." And we fist bumped. He up. was telling me when I was up there talking to him. We talked for a good while. Yeah, I was surprised. Um, which is why I didn't get the shirt because I was talking to I was talking to him the the, the Rise of Skywalker shirt because you texted us. But anyways, um, he was like, "Yeah, they put me here," and I asked him if I could be on the floor, and they're like, "No, no, we're gonna put you up here." And he was like, "I can't do anything up here." Like, I'm over here talking to people, and there are people are just like. Who's that? You know? Right, <laughs> and I felt bad. You know, he's like, because if I'm down there, I can at least like talk to people and say, yeah. hey, "Do this, do that." No, they were. So anyway, he still did a great job. I think. Yeah, level up. Leroy was awesome. Yeah, uh, he, he wasn't really... there today. Colin texted me to go give him the swag. He was there. I went up there. No, he wasn't there. So I went up there, and it was Atomic Blonde, and I took a picture of her, and I gave her the swag. I'm, I'm telling you, I fist bumped him. Well, today. it was. I I know. Well, when she... I went, he wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. They, she they... told me he was gone for the con. Uh, oh, he had. Damn, he left. Oh, yeah. sorry. I mean, darn. Curses. Curses. Um, well, uh, Finn says, damn it, in episode eight. I know, but you know, we're trying to be friendly. Children. That like... is PG-13. So you saw Resistance. I did. I saw today. the uh, Resistance, uh, Star Wars Resistance panel today. Uh, really, really, really awesome panel. Uh, basically, the entire voice cast was there. Awesome. Um, the only one that wasn't was uh, Captain... Captain, the one girl's mom, Tora's mom, dad, not dad. mom. It's been oh, a long weekend. The, the, yeah, yeah. I forget what his name was. Dora? Tora? Doza, Doza, not Doza. Doza? Captain Doza, I believe. Okay. Anyway, he was the only voice actor that wasn't there that I wished had been there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the showrunner, one of the writers, one of the, the casting director, and the entire voice cast was there. And it was just, it was fantastic to really sit there and watch them interact um, the, they said that the way that they do their recordings is if you're in a scene together, you're recording your voices they together. They record them all They together. do it the old school way, yeah. Man. And so, um, you know, you get the best voice reactions that way because they're actually acting off of each other. Um, they said they always know when uh, either Brian Moynihan or Donald Faison comes in, they're going to have a good time recording that That's day. Awesome. Um, That's so and cool. those two were fantastic on the on the panel because... Um, at the very beginning of the panel, Donald Faison and Brian Moynihan were like, let's go run in the crowd. Do you want to go run in the crowd real quick? And they literally ran up and down the aisles high-fiving people and then jumped back on the stage. That is so cool. It was really, really neat. I almost went to that panel. Like, I was in line to go to that panel, but then 
Colin texted me about the droid uh-huh. uh, room downstairs, which I didn't even know about. Right? Yeah, I didn't. And, I didn't even see it. And he was like, "Yeah, I don't think anybody knows it's over here." And uh, so we walked over there. And if you go over to Instagram and look at our Instagram page, Stars of the Podcast, we did a live stream, mm-hmm. and it was it was so much fun. Yeah. All the droids in there were amazing. And it's, it's a good. It's a good long video it's too. A great isn't long, it? Yeah, it's a pretty long video. But yeah, that, all I'm saying is I wasn't there because of, because of that. But your experience and you got to see. So yeah, I was about to say you really missed out on that because if you are caught up with Star Wars Resistance, it Which kind of it ended on a bit of a cliffhanger. Um, a bit of a cliffhanger. It ended almost exactly the same way Clone Wars did in a weird way. You're kind of like uh, <laughs> they what's... just kind of blasted off into hyperspace, and you didn't know what was going to happen, and. Um, I got to see the first episode of season two because I attended this panel, which was freaking cool. That is awesome. Um, And the other really cool thing is the voice actors hadn't seen the first episode of season two. So I got to experience that with the people that created it. And without giving anything away, is it, is it the same goofiness as the first season or does it continue the dark, um, the dark tone it, it started toward the end of the first season. So there's definitely still some goofiness. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there even was in the even the darkest episode of yeah. season one. I feel like, um, but it definitely had that tone that the last couple episodes of season one had. Um, and it's cool because there's a there's a definitive bad guy now. You know, the first order is after them. Yeah. Um, so they're and for me, thank God they're off the stupid colossus like. Well, they're still on the Colossus. It's just I know, but in like space. Not, you know what I mean? Like not. Uh, they're they're off the planet Castellon. Yeah, I'm glad that that plot was like, all right, we're we're we're, we're gonna go somewhere else now. And well, it's like, funny. Even the voice cast was like, um, now that we're in space and somebody's chasing us, and we're the good guys, and the bad guys are after us. This is Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> they kept saying that over and over again. It's so true, um, Because, yeah, the first couple of those first like episodes. The, probably the first five or six episodes, it's just getting to know the characters and their intricacies together and things mm-hmm. like that. And as soon as you introduce the First Order to that show, it picks up a whole new dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, it was The first episode was great. I got a really cool poster yeah, I saw that. Um, really for great. going as well. So it, it was just a great experience. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, like I said, we were walking around the floor while you were doing that, and then we almost missed the closing ceremonies. Yeah, like... so I was leaving. I was leaving the resistance panel, and they're like, "All right, the closing ceremonies start in forty-five minutes. So if you want to just hang out in here, you can watch it." And I was like, "Wait, do what? The closing ceremonies start when?" And I'm like looking at my watch, and I look at the schedule on my phone. And I was like, "Holy smokes, the final, the closing ceremonies are in forty-five minutes." So. I picked up my phone. I called yeah, you. Called, I called yeah. James right away, and I was like, "Hey, did you know the closing ceremony started at three thirty? And you were like, "Do what now?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Wait, I thought it started." No, then I then I was with Colin. I was thank God I was already with David and Colin. Yeah, I was like, "Hey, it's right now." And they're like, "Okay, let's go." And then we just ran across the street. You had some great seats for us, and we got to see the closing ceremonies. Yep. And they showed. Uh, they didn't show Mandalorian, which really upset me. Because <laughs> I, I thought for sure they were going to show the Mandalorian trailer, which they did not. But they no. did show us Clone Wars, which looks freaking amazing. Yeah. And then they showed us the Rise the of Skywalker. Nine. It was still, it still got me still hyped. Still gave me goosebumps. And then they did something which I wasn't expecting them to do this year. Yeah. They told us where the next celebration is going to be. So great. So great. <laughs> and they did a cute little game where they had Jen Urso on one side of the stage and they had a giant 
looked like the floppy disk, you know, from from Rogue One. From Rogue One, I want that floppy so bad. It was huge. It was abnormally yeah. huge, and they had it passed. It was the size the of a small child. And see, the interesting thing is, they said that the 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 name and the date, the name of the city and the date, was on the floppy, and I was like, if someone really wants to know, are they going to be able to look at it and know for all I, of us? I think I think they were getting to the point like it's. It's on the floppy. We got to plug it in. It's on there. Right. I don't think right. they meant yeah, like, just like the Death Star plans yeah. were on yeah. the disc. Uh, because yeah. I thought the same thing you did. Which I was like, was, well, why we're don't they all just, see it before just it gets grab to the it, just turn around, be like, oh, it's this. And so they did yeah, this. But cute everyone little, played along. Yeah. yeah, they did this cute little game where the the floppy ran around the whole uh, the whole auditorium. Yeah. And they had a red lightsaber chasing <laughs> that after represented them. Vader, Vader chasing after the the and rebels. It, yeah. And it went all the way around until it got to Leia, and Leia got it safely, which like in the movie it does. Yep. And then Warwick Davis put it in the... He just put it on a table, really. But he put it on a table, and I think a person put their hands on it to make it hard for him to push it. And he pushed it on. And then we got the re, we got the the year and the location of the next Star Wars celebration. Okay, before we say where, when did you think the next celebration was going to take place? Like 2023. I was going to go 2022. I was going to say 2022. 2023 for Return of the Jedi to kind of say this is the 40th anniversary of return of the jedi so i was i was not expecting anything with the next couple of years right anaheim 2020 this thing is happening next year that's crazy so so our tickets on sale now tickets have to be on <laughs> yeah because we bought the we bought the ones from for 20 for this year back in may of 2018 yeah so either they're gonna go on sale now i'm thinking the fall i think they're gonna go on sale in the fall okay here's my question to you Celebration that has happened, every celebration that has happened is introducing and promoting a big, big movie right. at the end of the year. What do they got to give us in 2020? They have to give us something in 2020. The Cassian series. I mean, um, you, I think like a movie. <laughs> a movie I'm, I'm trying to get to. Do you think there's got to be a movie that's going to come out in 2020 that we have no idea? Maybe about? a movie do, announcement. I was going to say, do we think there's or a, a series announcement, a secret project they're working on that we don't know anything about? Is that what you're asking right I'm now? Asking that, yeah, because no, I don't think that. So, Sorry to shoot you down, bud. So, okay, <laughs> I love Star Wars Celebration. I love Star. I love it so much. I'm so glad I'm here. But if you're not getting a big movie, okay, imagine we came to the celebration and they didn't do anything with Episode Nine, right? We'd have the Mandalorian, which is the, awesome. Which is awesome, yeah. But think about it, like you're like, but what about the movies? So, I think I told David this earlier, but to me, there was two big panels this year: Episode Nine and the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. I mean, those were the two big ones. Um, I think if you have a Cassian series, that'll probably be one of the big ones at at the 2020 panel, um, especially because after Episode Nine is out and after. Um, you know the Mandalorian. After we've consumed that already, um, that'll we'll be hungry for new news that's happening in the Star Wars universe. I think the craziest thing to me was that they said that the films are going to be taking a hiatus yeah, after and, Episode Nine comes out, and now they're saying, and now they're saying, hey, by the way, there's a celebration next year. So maybe the films are taking a hiatus, but I think the focus of the 2020 celebration is going to be things coming out in Disney Plus um, and Galaxy's Edge. I think those are those are going to be the main focuses of, and it's in the, Anaheim too. So a lot of people right are next door to Galaxy's straight Edge, to, straight to Disney, and that that's exciting. Right? Yeah, um, I guess if I'm reading the tea leaves, it's oh here he goes. It's Disney having supreme confidence and doubling down on Disney Plus streaming. 
and they might announce something. We might know something early before then and then get a panel for an Obi-Wan series. That would be celebration first panel worthy, I would think. Yeah, yeah. that'd be huge. If Ewan shows up, if Liam shows up, I mean, it'd be huge. And also what we're getting next year is the 40th anniversary of the greatest Star Wars film ever made, The Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) So, I mean, they could do a 40th panel for The Empire Strikes Back. They will. I mean, we don't have Irvin Kirshner anymore. Um, we don't have Carrie Fisher anymore, you know. So it's it's kind of it's going to be kind of a bittersweet one. If you think about it. Billy D. Williams lives there. Harrison Ford lives there. Mark Hamill lives there. George Lucas lives there. Yeah, George Lucas will have a museum. About so, 30, 30 minute drive away. It's just I'm just I'm I'm hoping we get something like incredible, you know, because for me, Star Wars Celebration came out in 20 years ago mm-hmm. for episode one and like now like that's that's and it's 20 years that's 20 a, years that's a long time so it's like for me when i think of celebration i think of celebrating a film so now we're seeing maybe they're going to be celebrating disney plus you know what yeah. I mean? which is uh, well no no, no. You, you, i think you're thinking long everything on disney plus like mandalorian that's a film it's a long form film it's an eight hour film or yeah how many episodes is it the budget is the same as a feature film so, yeah, it's a film, and it's going to be more in-depth. It's going to be what you're going to like in the future. <laughs> it's, it, films are going to go away. It's going to be long-form storytelling, and that's going to be awesome. The Mandalorian's going to prove it out. They're going to spend the money, and people, everyone in the United States, everyone in North America is going to get Disney+. Plus, Isn't it? And that's going to fund every other show idea they come up with later on it's long form storytelling I'm telling you right now isn't their budget like more than what Game of Thrones was for like the first six seasons yeah Yeah. their budget for the first season of The Mandalorian was the same as I believe the last season of Game of Thrones that's disgusting alright like the fact that Disney poured 10 million per episode 10 episodes that's what it was yeah 10 10. episodes so it's 10 hours of movie making 10 hour movie Um, that's insane I'm excited for it. It's just, for me, Celebration, I would love for a movie to be coming out. I just got really excited about an idea that came into my head. What is it? Shoot it. Kathleen Kennedy said she's excited that Dave Filoni is finally directing live action. Yes. Dave Filoni is in charge of the Obi-Wan show. What, 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 which Obi-Wan show? The potential one that could happen right, on Disney+. Right, because he did have him substantially in Clone Wars, so he's very intimate with Obi-Wan. So he could be doing a 10-hour Obi-Wan Jeez. movie. It just popped in my head. If this happens in like two years or even next year, Joseph said it first. Joseph said it first. Let's I want, I want credit. <laughs> it's, it's crazy to think about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and the fact that Dave Filoni is now doing. Well, Dave Filoni was everywhere in this freaking con, man. He had DJ Elliott. He was like, all right, how many of y'all look twice at anybody wearing a cowboy hat this whole Because <laughs> that dude walked by us. Yeah. I remember, and, and we were, were like, like, is that Dave Filoni? And he kept looking at us. Looking away, we're like, that's not him. Is it him? That's probably him. Is that not him? Is it him? It's, it's not him. It's not him. It could be him. It's 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 not him. Yeah. But it's, it could possibly be him. We never, we'll never know. We never went up to him and talked to him. That was another thing about Celebration this year. People were cosplaying as 
people, people. like normal human <laughs> beings. Like I saw, I saw like five Dave Filoni's. I saw, <laughs> like, or or I saw one Dave Filoni. You know what I, I mean? easily saw into the teens of George of George Lucas's. Yes, there's so many George. And Lucas's. I saw people that should have been cosplaying as Pablo Hidalgo, but weren't. They just looked like him. It was crazy, <laughs> but it was so much fun though. Yeah. Um, going but back, I also want to see one thing. Okay, what you got? Um, it's the first time ever we get confirmation that Kathleen Kennedy acknowledges that Dave Filoni's doing live action. Mm-hmm. That's something that everyone kind of asked for and thought about, and it's the first time we get it out of Kathleen Kennedy's mouth. Man, if he if he like destroys with that first episode of The Mandalorian, it's over. I mean, he's, well, he's the, going he's going to ascend. The fact that he was on the panel for The Mandalorian leads me to suspect and believe that he had a lot more to do with it than directing one episode. Well, Favreau basically... They basically said he was the co-creator. He basically said Filoni's the co-creator of this. Right. He said if it wasn't for Dave, he wouldn't have a foot into what he did because he casted him in Clone Wars and... That's where they bonded. That's that's where he got his foothold. I like what he said. He goes, Dave Filoni was the first person to watch Iron Man. Yeah. And he goes, and I was the first person to watch Clone Wars. Right. Yeah. That's substantial, man. That is amazing. That's crazy. And that's, that talks about a bond between those two yes, guys. which I never knew about. Which is fantastic. No one ever talked about that. That is an it's amazing. such a cool bond. Yes. How, who in their wildest dream ever, would ever think John Favreau and Dave Filoni are like best like friends. Chill on the reg. Yeah. yeah. And then and then he's over here like and yeah, he's writing me stuff, he's sending me stuff and we're doing this now and it was like you know, it almost would have been dumb if Favreau had not have said Dave Filoni should direct. You know what I mean? Like if he hadn't have done it, we'd be like, what the hell? Yes. So so maybe maybe it's not Filoni runs the Obi Wan show, but like Filoni and Favreau tackle it together. I can see again. that happening. Because if, if this if the Mandalorian knocks Slays. it out of, yeah Favreau, from the footage we've seen, it's going to be amazing. It looks fantastic. So, from everything I know, it feels like Favreau was looked at very highly by Kathleen Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And then once Favreau got on the door in Lucasfilm, Favreau had to tell Kathleen Kennedy, Dave Filoni is an it's asset yeah. that you need to exploit. You have this guy here, and he can do it. I, I, I'm very close to them. I trust him, and I think that's how he moved up to live action directing. And then he probably also said the fans are asking for it too mm-hmm. to see Dave Filoni do live action. And yeah, because then that's when Kathleen Kennedy probably wrote her assistant, please, please verify this, or maybe she looked it up herself and said, "Oh wow, Favreau was right." And that's what I'm thinking might have happened. And the other thing about Favreau that impresses me is how much he has his finger on the pulse of what the fans want yeah it's impressive yeah he's it's impressive for somebody of his stature to be like well that's not what we want we want dave filoni to direct something or we want dave filoni to write something or we want if we can't get kevin feige john favreau's the dude to control star wars creatively kathleen kennedy can stay what she is as a president or move on to run disney but favreau needs to be that creative head Everything needs to run through a guy like Favreau. Well, I think just Favreau, like it does with Marvel with Kevin Feige. Well, I think Favreau is is amazing. I think Favreau is an incredible director. But can he run an entire company? No, I'm not talking about running a company. You misunderstood me. Well, it's not like he's, he's creative. Yeah, yeah. He is cre- You need to run every story that well, goes through Lucasfilm well. <laughs> and that's about to be published. 
and it's going to be greenlit, Favreau needs to give his stamp and he needs to put his input because he knows exactly, exactly to the T on what I want and what many other people want. And it's the original Star Wars. It's George Lucas's original vision. And, I mean, that's it. He's but there. You, he but exists. You, but you get in trouble if you... If you keep saying like that's we need the original Star Wars, because no, you, you don't. If you keep, well, you just said that. If you keep it the same, it never changes. You need you need to. But I, but, but that that's it never that, evolves. That's touching the face of God when when you when you make something the same but different. That is the formula, well, and he can do it. Well, we he's gotta... doing it with the Mandalorian. It's gonna be pure grit, lone western. It's it's gonna be the lone gunfighter. It's gonna be. Mandalorian armor that's the same but it's a long form movie and it's going to be darker and it's going to use characters that George just touched upon that we all fell in love with and now we're going to get details it's going to be like seeing a book on screen now and Favreau has that magic touch I think he's done it with so many movies Iron Man, Chef I mean the (laughs) I mean, yeah. What are you laughing at? They're two tall. Those are apples and oranges. Exactly. That is my point. Two two great, two great films. That because I'm I'm really passionate about this. I think we broke David. I think he's broken. No, this is this is something that is so plainly that I see that. I mean, he's there. I mean, I've been asking for Feige for so long. We got Favreau. Favreau is the guy. So what is Kenny? And that makes me so happy. Well, but I think, do you think Favreau would put everything else that he's working on aside to do that? I would hope so. That's my my wish. Stop messing around with the with the live action animated. But what if he is enjoying all of this? What yeah, I was gonna say his Jungle Book was incredible. What if he wants to make well, see, another chef? You know what I mean? Like, not, here's not the thing, chef. You know what I'm trying to say. Here's the thing about Favreau. I think he's trying to ascend in his career. And he made Chef. He called in the favors of Scarlett Johansson, Dustin Hoffman. And that movie was fantastic. But now he's at a certain level where we pretty much think the Mandalorian's going to blow up. He's going to move up several levels. He's going to have the clout, the first ever TV, Star Wars TV show. And once he has that, he really doesn't have to do anything else. He probably does want to do other things, and I think he probably wants to be like a JJ, where he's handling other projects. Because I mean, otherwise he would just stick with the Mandalorian. So yeah, I mean, he he wants to have his his foot dip his toe in other places. I mean, but we we don't know that though. We just got to see how right. How, I didn't say how, yeah, how you're you're going off of nothing. <laughs> like you're going off of what you want to well, happen, I'm going which off would of be his, fantastic. His, yeah, his fandom. I mean, he gets it. No, I mean, I'm excited for it. Um, but if I were Kennedy, I would, I would hire him on as, as an executive producer on everything. I would make sure Fabric's Wrong name. Move. I think that's a great move. And like you said, he would be able to then have that say over the stories, over the films, and he would be able to have that say over, like what the where the story's going because he's proven to be a great storyteller. So I think him being there as an executive producer on everything. I think it would be a really good idea. Yeah, you don't you don't bring Michael Jordan off the bench. You start him. Well, okay, if that's the case, then why why is Favreau not directing? Why is he? Yeah, why isn't he the director of Episode Nine? 
why isn't he? Why didn't he direct the Mandalorian? Why didn't because he JJ his... started off episode seven. No, 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 no. Didn't continue. Story. Why didn't he direct his Mandalorian? Well, he's better than the director. He gets the final say. Yeah. Okay. All I'm saying is, I, I think Favreau. And he handpicked Filoni. Yes. And he and he knows he can trust Filoni because they have that relationship. So what do you want? So you, do you want? Never mind. Okay, so Kennedy... So yeah, Kathy Kennedy can do, be the president all she wants. I mean, that's fine. But you need a creative head like Favreau. So what's Pablo doing? Pablo's yeah. on the story team. It, it, it's kind of counterintuitive what that name is. He's not making stories. He's just like double-checking the work, making sure it's not contradictory or it doesn't work with all the previous stories. That's basically what the story team does. They don't come up with stories. So you want Fav- you, you would want Favreau to be writing... Be the head of creative. The head of creative. Right. I think we should wait till the Mandalorian comes out before we decide that. Right, and I already yeah. prefaced all that. I mean, <laughs> we, but I mean, judging from that trailer too. I mean, the trailer looks grief. tight. It looks tight. The trailer looks amazing. I mean, IG eighty eight dude. IG eighty eight doing all his crazy spinning around. And we're not yeah. even talking about the dude with the robot arm on his shoulder. That guy looks incredible. I didn't even see that. And Gus from Breaking <laughs> yeah, Bad. His name is Gus. All right. Gustavo. Uh, Gustavo. That's yeah. his name. Um, uh, one thing we didn't touch on was uh, Ahmed Best made his yes. Star Wars celebration appearance um, to today at the 20th panel. Well, I guess I guess he had taken the stage at the Star Wars yeah, he show took stage. The Star Wars at some point. So we all got knew, a huge ovation. We all there. knew he was going to be, and he came in today, and it was amazing. Yeah, and you know what? He is so funny. Yeah, he is so he's funny. talented. He's a funny dude. I'm over here looking at him like, why? Warwick Davis is great. Yeah, but if you can switch off between Ahmed Best and Warwick Davis hosting. Star Wars celebration, I think I think it'd be pretty great. He I was, disagree. You disagree? What do you think? Yeah, I think there's a specific hosting talent and a comedic talent, and I don't think Ahmed Best would be as great a host. It's two different things, I think. But I mean, he could be a great host, I, I would think. But BC, the thing is, I think about if I ran Lucasfilm, what would I do with Ahmed Best? I'd have him in every ep- and everything Star Wars, animated, TV, film, have him somewhere. I mean. He's part of the family. He needs to be in Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like Warwick Davis is. I mean, he plays a bit part everywhere. And we see him in behind the scenes. Ahmed Best should be the same thing. I mean, well, come that back. That I'll agree with 100%. I, th- come I back. feel like... Yeah, he's part of the family. I mean, bring him in. Especially especially after seeing the the reception he got today at the Episode 1 panel where... And even at the, the Celebration wrap-up thing, like, his name got mentioned. People lost their minds. They were excited for Ahmed Best. And... Yeah, Jar Jar's not for everybody, man. Like, just deal with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think I think it's gotten to a point where people have differentiated between the character of Jar Jar, which people didn't like, who George Lucas personally still says is his favorite Star Wars character of all time, mm-hmm. and Ahmed Best, who's a genuine human being and, like, a really good dude and who's just who just played Jar Jar, man, and he seems so cool. Like, every time they would ask him a question, he'd be like, yeah, I did this, and, you know, I did some stuff that had never been done before technology-wise, and it was such an opportunity, and, you know, I was a dude from the Bronx who didn't know anything. Like, Mm -hmm. I was 22, and I was in Lucas... I was at Skywalker Ranch, (laughs) like... I love how he said it. I didn't know... I mean, I knew why they had the suit. Right. But... And I knew they had the suit because I remember George Lucas saying they wanted to animate the, the head and the... In the ears, in the yeah. ears, and like that. But 
in reality, he says that was a backup. Yeah. Like, that was like the last resort. We're using the suit yep. for this movie, which I thought was insane. Um, but it was really nice to see him there. Um, it was really, he was, like I say, he was really funny. He was yeah. a really funny guy. He had a lot of good jokes. And um, Anthony Anthony Daniels, of course, was there. And we uh, we actually have a really funny story. With, you'll see it in our on our YouTube our YouTube uh, video today. Yeah, we had an interaction. We had an interaction with an accidental interaction with Anthony Daniels. It was awesome though. Um, and then Ian McDermott was there. Yep, as well as Ray Park. Uh, his his the first line that he said when he got on stage and uh, Warwick Davis was asking him, "Hey, so." Episode nine, huh? And he was like, "Well, I just thought I'd come in for a quick laugh." Yeah, <laughs> at oh, the end of that panel, we were all like, "Ah, oh, you crafty!" And he was saying some really, He said something interesting, and a lot of the internet kind of already took off on it, which mm-hmm. was, um, he said, "You know, George Lucas said Palpatine's dead. He's yep. dead. He's dead." Um, and so we're, now I'm wondering, okay, did, did George Lucas always have Palpatine in his head for nine, or was George Lucas saying, "No, that's not going to be my plan for nine? Or was George Lucas just telling Amy McDermott, I'm going to say no until later on? I feel like it was a no until later on, personally. Um, like, like, like he had the idea, but he's like, I don't want to say anything until... Yeah. Because, because even... Okay, so here's another thing I know. We all know this about George Lucas. He's very secretive. Right. We I didn't realize how super secretive he really was until Ian McDermott explained yeah. what he did for episode... He had, The actor... Had no idea who he was playing. Yeah, George told him he was playing two different parts. He was playing a senator and basically the emperor, was what he told him. Mm-hmm. Those characters are the same character. They're the same person. Yeah, he, and he didn't... <laughs> he had he, no idea, so he approached both characters as totally separate characters. And and what's funny is he didn't know he was the emperor... Until they got until there to the shoot. Day of. He said he saw his number... On the call sheet, and he was, oh, that they made a mistake. They must have made a mistake or something. Right. He goes in there, and then he's like, whoa. And that was when he realized who he was playing. Right. So he, he, I'm like, George Lucas is insane. So I can. So the very first shot of the first thing they shot for this movie was was the scene where Palpatine yeah. and Maul are walking through Coruscant. Yeah. Is that right? That was the first shot. That's crazy. If you watch the beginning, uh, the documentary, uh, Rick McCollum says it. And he goes, all right, everyone, let's kick some ass. And action. <laughs> and, he, and he hits the... I was like, that's so cool, That's man. so tight. Um, but yeah, that was the first shot. And then I'm pretty sure that, that day also, he switched into Palpatine. And, uh, the Senator Nat- Palpatine. Natalie, yeah, Natalie Portman had her scene. So he filmed both those parts in the day. And I'm wondering if George Lucas did it just to see if, if he was going to be able to... Swap back to and swap forth back between and forth the two. To make sure it was... A, and it ended up becoming... Like, now we're realizing one of the greatest acting... I mean, one of the greatest uh, casting choices in... Well, I've told my story about episode one before, right? What was your... Oh, yeah, yeah. You told <laughs> where, where it's like, I'm pretty sure Darth Sidious turns into the Emperor. And then I was like, wait, Senator Palpatine. Like, it, mm. I'm, I'm still an idiot about that. I still feel really What's dumb about that. What's funny is I didn't know who Palpatine was. You knew him as the Emperor? I knew him as the Emperor. Right. Um, And then I watched episode one, and I was, like, on board. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. And then I remember looking at the back... Of, uh, it was one of these old scrapbooks my mother had bought me for mm-hmm. Star Wars, and I'm reading through it, and it was like before he was emperor, he was known as a, as a as Senator Palpatine in the old in the Republic, and I was like, wait a second, <gasps> and, that, and it was like, so after Episode One, I realized what they what they did, but anyways, I was a kid, but it, it literally took me like two or three viewings to put one <laughs> and one together, like That's awesome. 
I was 17, and I knew it immediately. Well, I mean, Oh, yeah. good for you, I David. Saw, I saw the face, and I'm like, oh, that's how he's doing it. Not all of he us were a, basically adults when we saw the movie. He was a senator. I was like, oh, yeah. And, it's such a, it and is, I was like, oh, my God, they got the same guy to do it. That's so great. And it's such an amazing way to tell that story. Of yeah. Her, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's incredible. We can go on and on about episode one. Because episode one, there's a lot of great layers that are... Well, it's kind of cool. Like, you know, when the prequels came out, they got a lot of hate. Mm-hmm. And there's still people that are diehard haters of the prequels. Um, you know, to my, myself to a certain extent, I cannot stand episode two. I just can't. It's really bad. Um, I never got that. I, I I can watch it. It's not as bad as I think people say. I don't know, man. Yeah. The love story is just very poorly written. See, I don't and... care about the love story. I care about the <laughs> Okay, action. but that's like half of the movie. All right, so anyways. anyways but still, anyways. I mean, there's an interaction between Luke's parents. So yeah. It's super boring, though. Um, I don't even remember. Oh, but, <laughs> but no, I remember. I'm just kidding. Um, but one and three, in my opinion, and two to a certain extent, really hold, like, they get better. They, They're they, a fine wine that yes, ages, if you will. Which is crazy to think about. Each of these movies is is getting better with, with age, mm-hmm. which hardly ever happens in film. Right. The more times you watch something, the worse it gets, generally speaking. But for we were watching, we didn't get to finish it, but we started watching uh, episode one the other right. day, and we're watching it, and I'm and I'm we're we're going through it, and I'm over here thinking, this is really interesting. Like this is a really interesting mm-hmm. concept, and I kind of like stepped back to just rewatch it as maybe this is the first time I'm watching it as an adult now. Now I'm thirty. When I first watched it, I was ten. So yeah, that's crazy. Um about to be never mind don't worry about it um <laughs> math yeah actually yeah i was 10 when i first saw it i was 13 yeah yeah so now i'm like okay now i'm an adult 20 years later which still blows my freaking mind to think about 20 years later let's see if this how this story is if i watched it when it first came out mm-hmm. and i was on board from what we watched i was yeah. like i was like this is this is really interesting like and i and it's crazy to think now with all like sequels galore now sequels are everywhere now right and prequels as well. And to see how George Lucas started episode one and the progression of events, it's like, dude, that was a smart that yeah. was a smart choice right there. You introduce this here because you're gonna bring it in later on over here, and you introduce this conversation like that, and man, it's it's really a great, well made movie. So yeah, Lucas enforced that now. And it was it's crazy. It's like, man, that poor guy, like he got all that hate. And now we're over here watching this movie thinking, wow, he was he knew what he was doing. This holds up. This is this great. This still yeah. holds up. All right. Sorry. That was my two cents. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That, that cackle, dude. That, yeah. cackle, that cackle changed my view on episode eight. That cackle ch- will change my view on the original trilogy as well. That cackle. Once we rewatch it, everyone now has to rewatch Star Wars after a trailer. Yeah, and not even the full trailer. Literally the last just the five seconds of the trailer. Not even a five, like a two second. Yeah, changed changed Star Wars everything. And this is still credited to George Lucas because George Lucas had to be counseled. Yeah, yeah. He sat down with JJ. He sat down with Kathleen, and had a conversation. About I wonder it. how that how it progressed to that. Was JJ stuck in the corner and needed help, or did JJ have something in mind, or? Did JJ already talk to George years back and already have that percolating? Oh man, any that's that's a great. But we'll find out after the movie comes out, of course. 
Well, um, I mean, about what happened. Because I know... We may never find out. Yeah. So well, that's just going to be a nice thing for the fans to, to always wonder about how how that happened. Yeah. Because, man, just a just little laugh. Just that little laugh. And I'm looking at episode 8 completely different than I looked at it yeah. before. I'm looking at episode 7 completely different than Seven's I looked at Seven's a totally different film now. Yeah. 7 and 8 are not the movies we watched. Because of two seconds of a laughter. And the novelization of episode seven. I have to go back. There's a voice talking to Ray as she's about to, when she makes like the, the mean look, there's a voice talking to her. Jeez. Man, so, man, I think, dude. Yeah, Palpat- <laughs> Palpatine, the, 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 the thing that excites us is that Palpatine could have been baked into all this and just never leaked. We never, they never talked about it. That's why maybe they've been so mum about everything. That's why Kennedy has been like, Ryan Johnson's getting his trilogy. Yep. Ryan Johnson made an amazing movie. Ryan Johnson did exactly what we wanted him to do. And Ryan Johnson gets all this shenanigans, and he's just over here like, oh, I like this. This is a really funny... Now it makes sense. It just hit me. All those times people would talk trash about him, and he would retweet or like it. He was was saving it for prosperity. Yeah. I can't say the word, but yeah, he was like, people were like, right, Johnson needs to stop, right, Johnson. So he's then, like, he's like, like, he's like, all right, that's really in funny. like three years, he could be like, you look like an idiot now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, and to me, I, that's a lesson to be learned. You have to be a savvy fan. I mean, mm-hmm. you just can't spout off. And I talked about it some this weekend about positivity, and negativity. You have to be positive, and you you have to not knee jerk reaction to things. I think. I personally, I didn't like the way The Last Jedi went. I still don't like it. But, I mean, it's it's a part of the trilogy. I can't change it. Maybe it will change in my mind after episode nine. I'm hoping it does. But it's very hard for me to watch that movie. I mean, for me, if anything, episode eight needs to be looked at differently. Yeah. I think episode it's eight... It's the cackle, dude. It changes everything. Exactly. Episode eight needs to be looked at like Empire. I think episode eight... Oh, we don't See, we don't know yet. It, it and, will be. And, I I, and I've been telling everybody since day one, don't talk trash about eight until you see nine. Now we've seen the trailer. We've seen two minutes of footage from them. And now everybody's looking at eight going, wait, I need to go back and rewatch eight. And then now that you know that, Snoke, who cares about Snoke? Yeah. Good, he's Snoke dead. Snoke was a puppet. I'm yeah. glad he's dead. Now I don't have to worry about him in this movie, you know? <laughs> we like, think Snoke was a puppet. Exactly. That's what we're kind of educationally guessing right now. Uh, yeah, but I think we've uh, I think we've talked to these people long enough. Tonight. <laughs> uh, as you can tell, we uh, we had a great time at celebration, and this this trailer just changed our whole podcast. Um, so, which is fantastic, and I think Abrams is going to show us something very special, right? And Favreau is going to show us something special with the Mandalorian. Filoni is going to show us something special with Clone Wars, and it's a great time to be a Star Wars fan it's right now. A beautiful time, and to we be got a Star to Wars celebrate fan. all of that this week. And all three of us have Master and Apprentice novels that we're going to yes, read, yes, and we're going to review, yes. And you can follow along with us. Just listen to the podcast. We'll probably go chapter by chapter or some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're you're going to get that from us as well. And hopefully, uh, hopefully you stay on board. So thank you for listening today. Um, from Chicago, it's been a wonderful experience, but now we have to go home. Uh, we'll and it was be... wonderful meeting some of the listeners, yes, too. Yes, we met a few listeners, and it was, oh my gosh. We were able to give them patches and stickers from our podcast, and 
And I think David, our patches were really great. David, you're going to do a podcast probably just talking about celebration. <laughs> yeah, I want to break it down and give our listeners kind of like the the play by play of our experience and what you can experience. If we're on the edge, on the ledge, going to celebration, you shouldn't be. Should be saving money if if that's the barrier to entry and try and figure out a way to get there because it's wonderful. It's awesome. It's oh, very unique. Yeah. It's there's, very. There's one coming next year. Yep. Start saving. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back this next week with another awesome topic. May the force be with you. Always from Chicago. Pew, 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 from Chicago. <laughs> it's a trap.